Langley Event Center. Your move. Ryan Dimitri. Left wing behind the net. A hold on Hardy at the side. Dimitri scores! Are you kidding? Unbelievable! The captain strikes again! Trying to go wide. He's going to step on Schmeeb and Byron to win it. Scores! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Giant Thoughts, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Stephen Hocko, and I'm joined here with, as usual, Ben Dooley. Um, obviously, it's been a couple months since you've heard from us. Uh, we kind of decided to take a bit of a, I guess, a bit of a summer vacation, did we? Yeah, I, I don't know if it was totally intent, intentional. You know, we just got so busy, the both of us, that we, we couldn't uh, nail down in time to get one of these out, but we've finally uh, been able to connect here to get a an episode out, and I I'm thinking that we've got a a good one here with um Jackson Shepard uh, joining the pod. Uh, Giants fans uh will recognize that name because uh, he just spent uh, last season on the squad. Yeah, it was something we've been working on for a couple weeks now. We finally was able we were finally able to like you said coordinate everything and get it going. It was a lot of fun. I think the listeners will enjoy it. It was a bit it was a bit informational too about his whole decision of why he decided to not play his overage year of junior and decided to go to college. So I think uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun to listen to. But until then, what have you been up to for the last couple months? Uh, I mean, it's, it's been really busy with uh, work and stuff, but I don't really want to get into that too much because uh, <laughs> the world is depressing enough as it is. Uh, and you guys don't need to listen to me uh, complain about work. But uh, I did try sushi for the first time uh last week and yes i'm a, a vancouver <laughs> resident i am uh 24 years old and i have just tried sushi for the first time and you, <laughs> you had it on air for, for the first time not many people can say that yeah i i got to uh goaded into trying it let's say uh on air by a couple of guys at work um to try sushi for the first time, and that was, uh, you know, certainly an, an interesting uh, experience, to say the least, uh, and uh, I'm I'm on the sushi bandwagon now, it's it's uh, good stuff, and I can't believe that, uh, I can't believe that you let me live 24 years of my life without uh, taking me out for sushi. I thought we were friends, Steven. <laughs> I never even realized that you hadn't tried any of that stuff. I just assumed everybody in this area at least has tried sushi. Um, but that's not even the worst part. You, you apparently hadn't tried at least avocado or you haven't tried a burrito. Like, I can't believe any of this stuff. So if, if there's anybody listening that has also weird things that they haven't tried that are seem to be normal, let us know. Um, I, don't know if, I don't know if you're a picky eater or what, but how do you not, how do you not try any of those things for 24 years? I, I don't know. I, I just haven't opened up my... My talent, you know, growing up, my my family is a very meat and potatoes, uh, meat and pasta kind of family, the, the stereotypical uh, hockey family. Uh, so I I just uh, was never exposed to that kind of stuff. Well, better late than never, I guess. Um, yeah, myself, I've, I've been doing a lot of golfing, a lot of working, just kind of trying to keep myself busy in a reasonable manner. 
Um, obviously nothing too crazy with the times that we live in, but just trying to keep myself busy. See, still see my friends every once in a while. Um, just waiting for this this whole junior hockey thing to start up, at least out, out west. So we by now, by the time this drops, there's already been some games out east being played in the in the Quebec League, which seems kind of crazy. They got they even have a bit of fans at the games, so. It's just a weird time that we're living. We're, some places are seeing hockey, some aren't. Um, I, I think it's for the best that we don't have hockey right now, but it would be it would be kind of fun to have something to talk about every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you summed it up there with how weird it is from, from province to province because, you know, in the Quebec League and the Atlantic provinces, you know, they're playing regular season games and they're allowing fans. Then here in BC, uh, we've only got the BC Hockey League. They just started uh, preseason games this weekend. Mm-hmm. And then in the SJHL, they're not even allowed to play the preseason games yet. So it's it's incredibly different from, from province to province here. Yeah, and the, the thing is, all those junior A leagues, they're all grouped into one big league, like similar to the Canadian Hockey League. It's called the Canadian Junior Hockey League. So all the junior A leagues are all wrapped up into that one, one big league. So it's going to be... It's going to be very interesting to see how they kind of align everything if they are wanting to have a national championship um, in May, like they usually do. So, um, like you said, the BC the BC leagues are doing exhibition games, which is I'm not sure the whole reasoning behind that, why they can do exhibition games but not regular season games. Um, but the junior B leagues down here in BC, uh, the the Vancouver Island League, they started their season this past weekend. Um, but I believe the other two leagues, the one down here on, on the lower mainland and the one up in the, the Okanagan Kootenays area, they they aren't quite started yet. And they've already announced that two teams aren't even going to be playing in the league this year. Um, not even American teams or anything, just, I guess, two small market teams that just felt it wasn't economically sound to, to play their, their play their league or sorry, play their season without fans. Um, so it just seems it's kind of crazy how there's not a whole lot of consistency i guess you can say with with the with hockey starting at the amateur level around here yeah and I, you know what as as much as i would love to see you know uh, a one-size-fits-all approach you know which it's hard to really really find that approach because you know the the covid is is so different from from province to province and and even you know on on vancouver island for example they haven't really been hit uh, too much with uh, with COVID nineteen, whereas uh, the lower mainland, Vancouver and the Fraser Valley, that's kind of the epicenter of BC's uh, COVID nineteen outbreak. And even up into Kelowna, they they were hit hard um, after the Canada Day long weekend. So mm-hmm. so I agree that that it would be it would be nice to see you know a one size fits all approach, but I just I just don't know how they they can do it, and we're just gonna kind of find out how this is going to work as it as it goes along because I don't think anybody knows what the answer is here. Yeah, it's basically, I'm sure you can go back and listen to the last episode we did a couple months ago and it, we're basically in the same the same situation as then from knowing what, what's going to happen, when it's going to happen. Um, like it, it seems like it we're years, it, obviously that's an exaggeration, but it seems like we're years away from there being any hockey being played in the States with fans and in a, in a group setting so it's like we haven't haven't made much a whole lot of ground in the last two months and knowing what's going to be happening when we're going to have a 
a new normal, I guess you can call it. But um, the the next, I think, did they already say that they were going to try for December in the WHL last time we did an episode? I'm not, I don't remember. So so I went back and looked, and my last episode was um, August 1st, mm-hmm. and then the WHL uh, made the announcement that they were postponing things until December on August 6th. So we just missed it. Uh, so this, this is my first chance to kind of kind of react to that. And and I was saying to you um, off air that, you know, it feels like it's been three years since that announcement was made by the league, but it's really only been a couple of months. Uh, and that that is just wild to me because it feels like it was such a long time ago, but it also feels like nothing has really changed. Like, I, I'm about as optimistic right now for a December start as I was in August about a September start. Yeah, that's that's completely fair, too, because like, we, like we've had drilled into our brains, the WHL needs at least, or at the time they said they need at least 50% fan capacity to operate, and that's nowhere near nowhere near going to be coming to fruition so it's frustrating um it's crazy to think we're almost at a year in the covid world um that actually kind of blows my mind to think that uh, it's kind of flying by but also super slow at the same time if that makes any sense but enough of that that's depressing enough as it is we did that last episode too i think we got we went down the covid rabbit hole um but as this is as, this, as we're recording this now, it's Sunday evening. The draft is in two days. The NHL draft, obviously, it's a lot different setup than every other year. Usually the draft is on a weekend, and it's held in one of the, I guess, the now 31, soon-to-be 32 NHL arenas. Um, we, we mentioned this in the interview with, with Jackson. It's more of a, a Bantam draft kind of kind of vibe to it, where it's all over the phone, all over Zoom, all that stuff. So, obviously, there's a couple of Giants that are hoping to hear their name. Um, called on Tuesday, and that's Justin Sordoff. Obviously, he's the first one. He's he will be getting his name called. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, uh, and be- before we get into that uh, too much, I just want to say, why did the NHL decide to schedule their draft on a Tuesday? What yeah. the heck was going <laughs> with a Friday Saturday? Like, yeah. I'd get home from from work on a Friday. I'd sit down on my couch on Friday evening, and I'd watch the first round, yep. I'd go to bed, and I'd wake up Saturday morning, and I'd watch rounds two through seven. And that was perfect. Yep. Now what am I supposed to do? <laughs> i got to work Tuesday and Wednesday. I can't yep. be sitting down to, to watch the, the entire dress. I just don't, don't get why the, the NHL would do that kind of thing. Yeah, it's strange. I, honestly, uh, it feels like... I think we're the only two people that I know that even watch rounds two, three, seven from start to front or from start to back. Um, so it's it's going to be a different, it's going to be a very different vibe. But yeah, it's it's weird. Middle of the week, it's just, it doesn't feel like anything cool is happening middle of the week. You know, now we're just going to be pressing refresh, trying to see, oh, where did Justin sort of go? Oh, Lafreniere went first, like everybody else figured. Um but at the same time, it's a very historical event at the same time. Everything that's happening in the NHL during this COVID world is, in a, is a historical event in my eyes. So we're seeing a draft. When was the last time a draft was done online or not in person in the NHL? I'm sure there was a time, but no it, time it recently. It probably would have been on um, the Crosby draft, I guess. 
But they even won. that wasn't. Yeah, they had the, they had the first round in a banquet hall or something. Yeah. At least had, some of it was in person. Yeah. Like, so so that would be the the first comparison I I thought of, and I I saw something cool um, talking about how historic and innovative um, this year's draft is. Uh, so for all the players that are projected to go in the first round, they're sending um, team hats mm-hmm. out to all of the prospects. And I thought that was uh, that was pretty cool. So that uh, you know when when the kid gets drafted, he's still able to put on uh, that hat as is um, tradition. Yeah. What I wonder is what they what they do with the thirty other hats. <laughs> do they send them back to the league and say no, thank you, or? Because like, I know the NFL does that. Um, you see, when you watch the NFL draft, you see the players at home surrounded by their family, friends, and all that. And they have a hat right away. And I always wondered how they knew that right away. But that, obviously, I clued in that they have one from every team at the house. Um, so it's, it's, I guess they're kind of following the NFL's footsteps with that. But it'll be cool that the, at least the player will have something to represent the team he was chosen by. And he's not just going to be sitting in his living room and celebrating without a, at least a jersey or a hat to wear. Yeah, and I guess um, that w- you asked what they'll do with uh, the other 30 hats, and I guess uh, it'll be the same as what they do with all the hats that get thrown on the ice for hat tricks. I'd assume they all go in the same place. I don't know what that place is, yeah. but I, I assume they all end up somewhere. Just a dark pit of hats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so it kind of sucks all these players are going to they kind of get robbed of their full draft experience, but it's nice to see the NHL is trying to, trying to give them the most of it for what they can. Um. Yeah. So I guess think we can we can turn to talking about the Giants that are eligible. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got um, two two uh, prospects here that are projected to go. Um, we've got uh, Justin Sawyer, who who should probably go in in the mid second round. Maybe he might drop to the early third. And Cole Shepard uh, can also see his name called uh, in the later rounds. And and for both of those players, you know. The, the abbreviated season, I think, definitely hurts their draft stock. Um, you know, if we saw it, if the team uh, got off to the uh, the shaky start and, and he was kind of, you know, projected to go in the first round, and then he kind of fell off a bit. So I think he's going to be a steal for, for whoever uh, gets him in the second or third round. Yeah, I he got I think he got robbed when the season got ended when the season ended early because at the time of the of the season stoppage he was one of if not the best giant skater going at the time he had yeah I think I think right before the season right before the season ended they had that I want to say it was a six four win against Calgary and they came back from this four nothing or four one and he had a hat trick and it was one of the best games I've seen a giant play all year and from there on he was lights out. And going into the playoffs, he only would have he would only would have succeeded more because he's built for that playoffs playoff style of hockey, that 200 foot heavy yet skilled game. It's it, it would have been cool to see what he could have done in a playoff run. So, and so that's just that's another let's say plus plus the season being ended early. That's a dozen games that scouts aren't able to watch him, and those are very important games and those are very high pressure games to see what how he reacts in those situations as one of the leaders on the team, whereas they saw him play in a WHL final as a 16-year-old playing key situations. So it would have been nice for the scouts to be able to see him playing in a bigger role and a more more important role. Yeah, and uh, again, you know, they don't they don't even have a, a scouting combine this year, yeah. which is another weird thing. So there's no 
opportunity for that one-on-one face-to-face. There's there's no fitness testing that these guys are, are going through as far as I know. Um, so I, I think that, uh, you know, whoever gets sort of um, will be pleasantly surprised, I think, because uh, he's one of, he's a sleeper pick for me for sure. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a secret he's a first-round talent. It's just there's a lot of different variables that went into the season to, to put him at the ranking that he's at now. Yeah, and then for, for Cole Shepard, you know, coming off that, that hip surgery at the, the beginning of the year, and, uh, you know, that's, a, that's a, a big thing to, to come back from. But, you know, he had a, a pretty impressive season himself, and, and I wouldn't be entirely shocked if, you know, he sneaks into the, the fifth or the sixth or maybe the seventh round this year. And even if he doesn't, I, I think uh, he'll definitely get a, a rookie camp invite whenever those are a thing again. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does uh, when he comes back to Vancouver uh, for the, for next uh, next year, because that's going to be a big year for him. He won't be, won't be playing with his brother um, as we, we talked about with Jackson, but uh, I think he's poised for another another impressive season. Yeah, the the Western Hockey League is a very hard league to to just step into um, as a rookie, especially when you're stepping into the season when everybody's already in season form, everybody's been playing games, everybody's kind of got the feel for each other. So, as a 17 year old to be stepping in as a rookie in the WHL in your draft year, no less, it's it's very. It wouldn't have surprised me to see him go, come out to a slow start to start the year, but he didn't look out of place right from game one. Uh, we touched on it a bit with Jack, but he scored in his first game with the Giants. He didn't look out of place. Um, so, and and he's not the biggest guy ever either, but it doesn't affect his play on the ice. It's really, it's kind of says a lot about the player that he is to, to not have that big kind of hiccup with the transition from the BCHL to the WHL in your draft year. And you know what, Stephen? I think that's a good uh, point to pivot to our conversation with uh, Jackson Shepard, uh, brother to to Cole Shepard, who we'll we'll talk about quite a bit in our conversation. So here's uh, our conversation with Jackson Shepard. So this week uh, we're joined by Jackson Shepard, uh, who played for the Giants this year. Jackson, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, so, what have you been up to since uh, the season ended uh, in March? So, obviously, um, it was tough seeing our season ending because we, you know, we had a really good matchup going into the playoffs with Victoria, and as a team, we were pretty stoked about that. Um, so that was too bad, but. Um, I got to hang out a lot with my family, which was nice because, you know, moving away from home when I was really young, you know, you don't get too much time with them. So I got to spend a lot of time and there's, you know, there's a lot of board games, a lot of fights broke out with some brothers and stuff like that. But, um, and then kind of, uh, getting into June, I started, uh, my off season training again. So obviously you're, you decided to fork or your last year of junior, um, when did you kind of decide that was the route you're going to go and you're going to you're going to go to college instead of play your overage season? Yeah, so kind of, you know, I had a lot of long talks with my family during the quarantine time and stuff like that, and it kind of just came to be that I just had such a, like an unbelievable year at the Giants, and, you know, the coaching staff and the teammates were like unbelievable. 
And I kind of wanted to end off on a good note, you know, playing with my little brother, which was really, really cool and awesome. And um, kind of living at home like my last year. So, you know, the 20 situation is a tough situation in Vancouver. So mm-hmm. I was probably going to end up getting traded. And I had played on a couple teams before Vancouver as well. So, you know, I kind of made um, the decision to kind of get my life going and kind of get on that school track. And, you know, I'm happy with the t- decision I've made so far. It's been fun out here. Uh, talk a little bit about, about the pause uh, in March. Did you guys kind of see that coming or was it uh, uh, surprised you when things kind of got shut down there? Well, obviously we were hearing rumors about it at the rink and stuff like that. And kind of one day we uh, we were at the Langley Event Center for practice and the coaches came in. They said, you know what, boys, everyone just head home. Um, the league's kind of put a pause on the season. And um, obviously for us older guys, knowing it could have been some of our last cracks that, you know, the playoffs and stuff like that, um, it was a bit sad and a bit a lot of questions weren't answered yet. And we kind of had a week in our uh, houses to like self-quarantine and stuff like that. Hopefully the season was going to get back going. Obviously it didn't. Um, so that was kind of what happened. It was kind of like a spur of the moment thing. We were kind of just told as like the team to, you know, kind of head home and stay well, the other guys to stay with their billet families and me to stay with my family, with my little brother. And I kind of talked to a couple of the guys back in March when it first happened, and they seemed to think it was, well, I guess everybody was under the impression this was only going to be a couple-week thing, and you guys would be getting underway with the playoffs pretty quick. Um, how long did it take you guys to kind of realize that maybe that's not going to happen and the season was kind of done? Yeah, so like I said, there was a bunch of rumors going around, and the league's pretty connected. You know, I've played in it for... I played in it. This was my fourth year. So I have a lot of buddies on other teams and, you know, information was getting passed around the league quite quickly. And, you know, there was rumors that it was going to stop. Obviously we were hoping for the best that we were going to, you know, kind of get our team going again and stuff like that. But it was too bad. And, um, you know, the States got really, really bad pretty quickly there. I know Everett had a lot of cases quickly and Seattle got bad as well. So um, right, like right from there, I think uh, we as a team kind of had a feeling that uh, it wasn't going to turn up great, but, and obviously it didn't. So uh, in your decision to, you know, go to the, to uh, Ontario for university, was, was the pandemic uh, at all weighing into your decision? You know, the uncertainty of whether we'd actually see junior hockey this season? Yeah, you know, um, all, there's always, uh, like, I've never experienced anything like this. I don't think the world's really experienced anything like this in a long time. There's a lot of unanswered questions, and, you know, all my classes right now are through Zoom, so I have no in-person classes or anything like that. Um, but I'm lucky enough to have some buddies out here that um, I grew up with in high school and stuff like that that, um, that are from West Vancouver as well, and they were kind enough to offer me a place in their house. And, you know, there's seven of us in the house, and we – uh, do our job as a house you know obviously London has has had a couple cases with all the university students coming back so we kind of as a house do our do our best to um, help out the London community and stuff like that and not break any of the rules um, but for the hockey side um, I looked into the western team and they had a great uh, track record and the coach uh, sounded like an awesome guy and we had multiple phone calls together and that's kind of how I made my choice to come out here uh, that kind of led me to the question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you why you chose Western, but um, did you have any familiarity with any of the other players? Did you play with any of them or know of them beforehand that kind of went your decision? You know, I actually didn't at all. Um, I got a really – I didn't know a single guy, to be honest. Um, 
I, I knew they had some great players, you know, from the OHL and a couple of junior leagues and stuff like that. And I played against a few of them in, in like the Western League. There's a couple of Western League guys on the team as well. Um, never I had never really met them personally, but um, I got a great vibe um, from the coach, uh, Clark Singer, who had multiple conversations with me and uh, kind of made me feel at ease about my decision. So that helped a lot as well. So we brought you on here, uh, Jackson, to talk about your time with ja- uh, the Giants. I, I want to get into now uh, playing for Lethbridge uh, the season before last. What was your reaction when uh, they told you that you were traded to Vancouver and and going to be playing in front of uh, your hometown crowd? Um, to be honest, it was it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of mixed emotions. I had an unbelievable time in Lethbridge, and I loved the team and coaching staff there. And uh, we had a pretty special group. And I ended up getting a call um, kind of at the end of, you know, the Giants playoff run when the playoffs were over. I got a call from um, the Lethbridge general manager saying he actually had traded me to Vancouver. And it was kind of a spur of the moment thing. I I didn't ask for a trade or anything. I I was happy there. And I had a great season with a bunch of really great guys. And I ended up getting traded to Vancouver. And if I was going to get traded, like the way I looked at it, if I was going to get traded anywhere, um, it would have been, you know, to my hometown in Vancouver and the possibility of playing with my little brother because he hadn't ha- his rights were still with Vancouver, but mm-hmm. he was playing junior A at the time. So he wasn't too sure of what was going to happen. And, you know, honestly, it was kind of like a fairy tale ending. You know, we all uh, kind of me and him joined together and had an awesome group of guys in Vancouver, like unbelievable group of guys. It was really fun. And I guess I'll kind of ask you now then. How was playing with your brother for that one year? Obviously, you didn't get to to do that growing up because of the age difference, but being able to kind of close out your career while he plays his first year in the WHL, how was that? You know, it was really cool. It was it was really really cool. I've always we've always told each other one day we know there's a chance that we might play together, and you know it actually did come true. He was injured the first little bit of the year with um with a surgery in the summer. So he came back a, a couple games late to the season, but um, I think personally he had a good season. I think he learned a lot and he growed as a player. And, you know, the, the WHL is not a joke. It's a, it's a tough league, and he got his fair share of getting roughed up sometimes. And I think it, you know, it, it was good for him. It was really, really good for him. And, you know, I think Coach uh, Michael Dick was awesome for Cole. You know, Cole is a very skilled, very smooth player, and, and I think Mike – kind of or Dicker kind of um gave him a little edge and I think he played with a little bit more of an edge this year which I haven't really seen from him so it was awesome and I know uh when the trade was made a lot of people uh were saying you know that they the Giants had brought you in to try and lure Cole to the organization was that how it all played out did you you know entice Cole to come to Vancouver or was that kind of his own decision um you know it was funny uh I had a, I had a couple I had a couple phone calls with uh, Barkley, the general manager of Vancouver, and he was like, you know, we didn't bring you in because of Cole. You know, we brought you in because your play style. And um, and obviously, I fully believe. And I, I, we both, we both sat down with Cole too, and we were like, you know what, Cole, like you're committed to Harvard. Like, don't come because don't come to the Giants because of me. You know, it's about your decision in hockey and stuff like that. It was it was handled really professionally and done really well. And you know. Cole eventually made the decision to sign, and I think I think it ended up really going really really well for both of us. I kind of want to touch on your style of play with the Giants, and I'll say that you were one of the most exciting people for me to watch on the Giants with your play. With, with you weren't afraid whether to make a big hit or drop the gloves or anything like that, and get the the crowd fired up. Um, how do you kind of expect to bring that to the university game when there's not really much 
fighting or anything like that? You know, yeah. Um, to be honest, I've, I've thought a lot about that. I, I've been working on a lot of like skill work and stuff like that because, you know, when I was a little bit younger, um, I did put up a lot of points when I was growing up and, you know, most, most kids did and stuff like that. So I've been trying to find, you know, a little bit of that side of my game that I haven't, that I haven't used, well, not I haven't used, but that I haven't um, kind of shown everybody in the last few years I've played in the Western League. Um, and I was happy to be, you know, an, an energy guy in that league. I loved, I loved my role doing that. And I, I thought I embraced it really, really well. And um, it was, it was always, for me, it was always about, um, you know, my teammates and, uh, and the team having success before me. And I think that's like an awesome way to think of it. And that's what like, like great teams are made of guys like that. So I think, um, you know, personally, like I had, I had no, no issues, you know, being a checker and being an energy guy. I, I, fe- I, I fell in love with it, but obviously, you know, I, I, I do love scoring goals and, and making plays and stuff like that, which I have the ability to do. So I'm excited to bring that to the university level. Yeah. I could, I could tell you love doing it because they got the crowd pumped and <laughs> got me pumped watching from the press box. That was awesome. Oh yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Jackson. I, I know that uh, a couple years ago you went to a camp, I believe, with uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. Was the the professional route uh, something that you considered at all, or or how did that that play out for you? Yeah. So you know, obviously, as a kid, and um, when I first signed in the Western League, my my intention was never to. Um, well, obviously, I was going to get my degree one day. My parents made that pretty clear when I signed the contract, like to play in the Western League, but my whole goal was, you know, I've done well in school my entire life. You know, I've been um, you know, a BA student my whole life, and I plan to do that here as well. But um, when I signed that contract, you know, I just, like, my whole goal was to play professionally. Obviously, I got a chance in Arizona I was very grateful for, and I, I thought I had a great camp, and I made a lot of good friends there. And, um, and you know, we we had, like, a lot of fun there. It was, it was, it was a really good time, and the weather was nice down there, but... Um, yeah, obviously, I, I wish I could have played professionally. It's not out of the picture completely. You hear of guys, you know, move on from, um, you know, the OUA and university levels. So um, I'm always looking to improve my game and, you know, make the next step in my game for sure. Yeah, I kind of think that's a misconception with with um, the U sports. That just because you're going to U sports, everybody thinks, oh, that's, that's it. You're not going pro. But that's just giving you four or five extra years to kind of, to kind of, Build your, build your game, build your, build your personality and all that. So um, just because you're going to play OUA, it doesn't mean that the pro game is out of, out of the, the cards, right? Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm always looking to, you know, take the next step in my game. You know, that's, what, mm. that's like my whole mindset when I go to training and stuff like that, you know. Like, I'm, I'm still training. Like, I'm playing another year in the Western mm. League. You know what I mean, it's yeah. like in the OUA levels, I'm playing against bigger, stronger kids and, you know, older kids as well. So... Um, I'm always looking to um, to move on to the next level for sure. Uh, I wanted to bring in a question that we got on on Twitter here. Uh, it's a fellow named Joel Henderson uh, at Dat Hockey Go on Twitter. He wants to know what particular skills have you been working on during the long break that you figure uh, will give you an edge this upcoming season. Um. You know, I have a great uh, train. I have great trainers in Vancouver and stuff like that. And my whole kind of focus this summer was working on some scoring skills and stuff like that, like in tight skills around the net. 
Um, I'm always, I always seem to find myself in the crease or around the net. So those in tight skills, you know, putting the puck in the top two feet of the net and stuff like that. Um, little things like that and like fine tuning skills here and there is what I really worked on this summer. Have you been given much insight on the university game compared to major junior? Like what kind of differences do you expect to be seeing? Yeah, I think, I think the majority of what I've heard when I've talked to like my teammates about, it's just like, it's just like big, bigger and, you know, uh, faster players and you're playing against uh, full on men now, you know, guys up to 23, 24 on the team. And most guys come in at 20, like at my age or even a year older than me, because most of them finish out their overage year and in their uh, respective leagues. So um, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, playing some really good players in this league. Uh, I wanted to ask you, like Jackson, you know, we're a couple days away from the NHL entry draft. Uh, your your brother Cole is he? They're talking he could go uh, in the later rounds. Uh, and this year's draft is going to be kind of similar to uh, to the Bantam draft because you know players won't get to go to the uh, to the uh, draft uh, because of the, mm-hmm. the whole pandemic. So. What what's that sort of experience like to go through? You know, just refreshing uh, your computer all day, uh, waiting for the draft results to to come through. Um, you know, that was a re- that was a really really exciting day. You know, that like a lot of us look at that when we were younger as like the best day of our lives. You know, getting drafted like to the WHL. That's what we always that's what we worked like so hard for in minor hockey so many years. Um, and that was that was a really really cool day for me. Um. It was kind of like the first step in, you know, um, playing in like the Western Hockey League. And uh, for Cole's sake, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, me and him are both really hoping that he does get drafted. You know, it's not the end of a wor- end of the world if he doesn't. Me personally, I think I think he will in the later rounds, like you said. And um, I'll be the first one to call him when when hopefully he does. So we're both looking forward to that, and um, I, I I wish him the best on that. We're we're pretty close, and we got closer throughout the season. Like probably the closest I've ever been with him was this this past year. So that's great to hear. Do you guys kind of are you guys going to be doing like anything significant for the for the draft? You guys are going to kind of just if it happens, it happens kind of thing. To be I know, honest, I know like, you're I- across the country, but. Yeah, like the guys that um that I live with, uh, I've known since I was uh five five six years old. So these guys have been my best okay. friends forever. So I think we're probably gonna throw we're gonna airplay it or screenplay it off the TV yeah. in the living room, and um we're we're gonna watch together. And you know, hopefully it, it's well, it's either gonna be a really really tough day or a, or a really good day. So yeah. um yeah. we're we're ready for uh, either either emotion and like I said, I'll be the first one to call Cole when the uh, whatever happens and you know, the news uh, comes through. So I'm excited. I'm really excited for it. I'm excited for my family. He's, he's sacrificed a lot and been through a lot to, um, to have it happen. And um, I'm really excited for him. Um, so we're talking a lot about your brother here, but I, I want to get to know Jackson a bit. Uh, what were some of your, your clear highlights this year uh, playing for Vancouver specifically? Oh, the highlights. Um, there, there was a lot of highlights this year. Um, I was just, I, I was very fortunate that I had a coach that, um, and a training staff that really believed in me, you know, um, it was kind of like my, one of my first times in the league that I really felt, um, a coach, um, kind of took me under his wing almost and kind of, um, gave, gave me a little leeway to kind of do my thing. And he gave me a lot of opportunity this year, you know, it was the first time that I had like a consistent power play role 
and um, I was playing top six mo- like most of the year, and you know, that hasn't really happened uh, with me in like the Western Hockey League. Obviously, when I was younger, that was like a a thing that I was I was quite used to, um, and it. Yeah, I was just happy that uh, Dicker and the whole, uh, like, Barkley, the general manager, they, they all believed in me, and I was super grateful for that. So, and, like, as, like, teammates-wise, like, I thought I made some lifelong friendships, and, you know, that's always a highlight for me. And it was really cool to see, you know, obviously we all wanted Bowen to stay in, like, the, the NHL, but when he came yeah. back, that added a huge boost to our team and a boost to, like, the locker room because he's a, he's a great guy. And, um, yeah, we were just... I, we were a really, really close team, and I was happy that I was uh, believed in from, like, the whole staff and my teammates around me. If if I remember correctly, in Cole's first game back this year, you guys put on the same line that game? Yeah. Is that right? And he scored that game. Yeah, he did were, score that game, yeah. Were you on the ice for that? I don't remember. I, I don't think I was, but I think I was the loudest uh, yeah. cheer on the bench when he did, yeah. Yeah, I remember, I remember that was pretty cool. He put you on the same line for his first WHL game. Mm-hmm. My uh, my mom was really happy about that yeah. as well. She was like, she looked at me before that game. She was like, you make sure like nothing <laughs> happens to that kid out there. And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah I got him off. <laughs> did you did you kind of have to worry about that a lot? Like, if you happen to be on the same ice as Cole, did you kind of have that protective sense a bit more, or you just you just um, let him kind of he could handle his own. He's he's still a he's still a big yeah, boy. Yeah, you know, you know the first well the first couple games um I was I was in that big brother mode like nobody touched my little brother mode kind of thing and then the more I thought about it Cole Cole, Cole's a great player and Cole's big enough to handle himself you know obviously he's not going to be fighting guys here or there he's not going to be making big hits but he he's good at what he does and he's good at making plays and scoring goals so um, when he was doing that you know I always obviously I always had like I did for everyone on my team I always had an eye out for them and you know that's how it, that's what a team should be about and um I, I'd be I'd be lying to you if I said I, I'd get a little extra upset if someone took liberties on them though <laughs> I, I I'd be a liar if I said that I didn't yeah. feel like that <laughs> yeah exactly it's fair enough mm-hmm. uh, I imagine another one of your career highlights would have been uh playing in the Holinka Gretzky Cup uh wearing mm-hmm. the the red and white can you talk a bit about uh, what that experience was like yeah, so that that was an incredible experience as well. You know, I was um, I was invited to that camp, um, the under eighteen tryout camp, and I was I I told everyone I was like, you know what, I just I just need the invite, and then I can you know do my thing when I get there. And um, I feel like a lot of people counted me out because um, I because you know you, you go to that camp and those guys after their sixteen year old year, you know, I was looking around the locker room. Some guys had put up twenty goals that year as a sixteen year old in their respective leagues, and you know I had. I had like three goals and however many, like maybe 10 or 11 points, I think my first year. And, um, but I, I went in there, I was like, everyone's my own age, you know, it's a fair ball game. And I thought I did really, really well in that tryout. And uh, Brent Kissio was actually my coach in Lethbridge. He gave me the opportunity to play on that team. And I was very thankful for that. And, you know, I did earn that spot on that team. And I felt like a lot of people counted me out, like I said, and I was just like, I, it was a great group of guys and um, very talented guys. I think, all those guys have the chance to play in the NHL one day. Everyone on that team had a chance to play in the NHL one day. So um, I still talk to most of them. We still have a group chat and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. um, something special. My family was there to see, or my mom and dad were there to see it, and I, I, I couldn't complain about that. So it was pretty incredible. I don't quite remember. Where was that tournament that year? So that tournament was in, um, I believe, Bratislava. Oh, okay, so you got to go across across the pond to go yeah, see so some other stuff. First time I ever been in Europe, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. really 
did you guys get to do much much of that with the team? Did they give you a, a lot of time to go walk around kind of exploring beforehand or? Yeah, you know, Hockey Canada is a little, um, you know, they're very, very, um, you know, uh, like strict and stuff yeah. like that. And that's why I think their teams are so, they do so well every single year. There's, they're, all, they're always in the top contender spot all the time. So um, we had an unbelievable uh, team staff there that kept us in line there. And they did give us leeway. You know, we got to go see like some villages and stuff like that and walk around like, you know, the downtowns and stuff like that, which was really fun. So uh, playing in the WHL, you, you know, you, you spent some time in Leftwich. You spent some time in in Vancouver, and also uh, time in Kamloops. Uh, what what was your favorite uh, building to play in in the league? I, I feel like you know all the three teams I played for had um, awesome home home crowds. You know Vancouver when it was a good it was a good night had had a really strong crowd. Lethbridge was always you know there was always it was always crazy fans in Lethbridge. Lethbridge was awesome. And you know Kamloops is uh, they're a pretty historic team and they they put up a good um, they put up a good fan base for sure. But those states teams down in like yeah. you know the Seattle's yeah. and um, the Spokans and the uh, the Everett's like the, that those fans are those fans are insane down there. It's the really really fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, pretty, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy down there. Well, Jack, uh, do you have anything else for for Jack Ben? No, no, I think that uh, covers everything on yeah. on my end. Unless uh, Jackson had anything that uh, uh, he wanted, any uh, any hidden gems that we we maybe <laughs> haven't uh, touched on here. Uh, no, like I think I think we covered everything. You know, I was like like I said, I, I'm just grateful for the four years I played in the league. I thought it, you know, it's kind of shaped me to in those prime years of growing up of you know who I who I am and who I become, and I'm and I'm proud of it. Um, I've, uh, you know, you battle a lot of adversity in that league and it's taught me a lot of really good life lessons. So if anyone is, you know, watching this or their kids are watching this or, or the parents, sorry, and kids are watching this, you know, um, like it's a great route to go. You know, obviously I would, would have loved to move on professionally and, you know, it's not over yet. But um, I think the life lessons are something that um, I'll always, uh, I'll always take, uh, I won't take for granted for sure. Well, I think we've taken enough of your time. We appreciate it. Um, we'll have to do this another time down the road when you got some university games under your belt, and we'll talk to you about that. Um, until then, just stay safe. Um, say good luck to Cole for us in the next couple of days. Um, and, yeah, just take care. And, again, our thanks to Jackson Shepard uh, for joining us on this week's episode of the Giant Thoughts podcast. And I want to, again, thank uh, Ben Steiner and Joel Henderson for their great uh, Twitter questions that we were able to uh, throw to Jackson. And it was a, a really fun uh, conversation uh, there with Jackson, eh? Yeah, it was awesome. He's, he seems like a good guy to talk to. It was it was awesome. I had a lot of fun talking to him. He gave us some very well-thought-out answers, and I, I even learned a few things from it, too. So that's always a bonus. When, when you're talking to somebody new, you want to be learning about them and and what makes them click and all that. So, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's a, a really good guy. He's a really, really intelligent uh, young man, and you can tell that uh, in the way way he talks, and that's why, you know, he's he's off to uh, Western University to, to play at some point uh, for the Mustangs this year. So we want to wish uh, Jackson all the best uh, in this upcoming season, uh, and I think that'll just about do it. Um for us here, so thanks again for listening 
to the pod. Uh, I've been Ben Dooley. And I'm Stephen Hocko. And you can uh, download the podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. And don't uh, forget to leave us a, a like and review because that uh, certainly helps us get our, our names out there. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Yes, yes, that's what I was going to say, <laughs> uh, is uh, to follow us on Twitter, um, at giant underscore thoughts uh, on Twitter. And uh, hopefully it won't be uh, two months before we do our next one here. No, I don't think so. Draft coming up, everything, we got some stuff to talk about. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, some, some fun stuff uh, is definitely in store here. So you uh, you won't want to miss uh, what, what we've got coming down the pipe. Until next time.